Hey, hey, it's John Goldman. You're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, I'm actually, and, and you're listening to Radio Harbor Country, uh, I'm actually in Austin, Texas, and I'm sitting here with Zev Russ, a young, up-and-coming uh, guitar player, musician, who um, happens to also be my nephew. Hey, Zev, what's up, man? Good to see you. You're looking good. How's it going? All right. And we're sitting in his room, which has got like, I don't even got, how many guitars do you have? Like six, seven guitars? I have and, about three electric guitars in here at the moment, and then I have another one that my friend has right now. Yeah, so all four kinds electric of, total, yes. All kinds of awesome equipment in here. Uh, so last time you were on the show, uh, you were there with your dad, and we were in the studio, and you were talking about you know some of the projects you've been doing through school, but you've clearly taken it to the next level. You've got a band now, uh, Wolfman's Brother, and uh, you, you, so your nickname had been Wolfman for a long time, uh, maybe the last five six years as you were as you were growing up. What's the origin of of uh, that nickname? So. One of my favorite fish songs, Wolfman's Wolf Brother. Brother. Okay, and that's my name in English means wolf. And uh, so we've, it's been a running joke in my family. So we, I just took the name and now it's, now it's my band name and it works out perfectly. Yeah, okay, cool. That, I was sort of suspecting that it had something to do with that. And Wolfman's Brother is the name of your band. Um, uh, how, how long have you guys been playing together? So I have had Wolfman's Brother as like my own band for about... I'd say like five, six months, but it's kind of changed around with the people. So as of now, it's only me and my friend. Uh -huh. But before it was like kind of just my idea and then yeah. I'd have different musicians play with me. Cool, cool. So, so uh, well, who's your friend and uh, what, what instruments does he play? You know, how, how's that going? Yeah, so it's my friend from school. His name is Jack and he is in a punk band and plays guitar in that band. But he plays bass for me and also guitar and drums and we co-write songs together, and he's loves the Grateful Dead. Oh, cool. So he's also another yeah. deadhead. So yeah, we worked together, and we did have a drummer named Jaden. He unfortunately had to leave because he just got promoted, and he works at the Capitol. Uh -huh. So he has to. He's like a twenty-eight-year-old dude. Yeah. With, you know, we're some seventeen-year-old kids, <laughs> so he didn't really want to. You know, he <laughs> has around. adult things to do. Uh huh. But well, yeah, listen, you guys, I did hear a little, a uh, little bit of one of your songs you posted at an event that you played at. And it sounded really tight. Like, you guys were really great. Um, are you the primary composer of the music for the band? So, yeah, I, they're all my original compositions. Uh -huh. um, for our last show we played, it was about 10 to 12 of my original compositions. And then a, a couple, like, covers that we kind of turned into our own jams. Yeah. Like, so what, what kind of, uh, how would you characterize or the, the kind of music that you're playing there? Yeah, I mean... I would describe it as almost like my ideas come from all kinds of genres. You know, I've had like bossa nova, Brazilian jazz type of ideas that turn into jams and some, you know, old classic Southern rock ideas and kind of Grateful Dead inspired ideas, but they all kind of come together and have like just a good pocket and a groove and kind of like a good listening feel because they're all instrumental. So, you know, it's the type of music where I want someone to be like kind of interested and be like, oh, you chose that chord or uh -huh. that kind of drum beat. So it's kind of like almost like listening music, like like jam bands. Yeah. Do. Okay, cool. Uh, so there, there's no singing, there's no lyrics or anything like that. I have some songs I'm working on right now with 
lyrics and I work with singers from my school and I've worked with vocalists before. But as of now, in my own band, it's just trio kind of jazz stuff that's all instrumental, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. What kind of uh, music education have you had? Do you uh, do any kind of music classes at school Mm -hmm. or outside of school? Yeah, so I've been taking serious lessons with a teacher for like the last four or five years. And then I played in like the band, I played trombone in the band in middle school. So I had more music theory and like, you know, orchestral stuff. Mm-hmm. and training then and then lately I've been in the house band at my school with amazing music staff who one of them is actually her great-grandfather is Campbell Adderley one of the jazz greats so oh, she's wow. and they're all like yeah so all the teachers at my school who are in the music department are all like local musicians and cool people uh-huh. so yeah so uh, that's that's great have um and your primary instrument is a guitar right uh, as you were talking about you've got mm-hmm. a bunch of um uh, beautiful, actually, uh, electric guitars, and uh, I see a couple hollow bodies and uh, regular old acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar. Um, you know, what's what's the origin of all these guitars? Like, you know, do you do you get them all at the same time? Do you get them at garage sales? Like, you know, yeah. how did all these come about? Yeah. So one of my first ones was just like a simple kind of like base model, cheap Fender uh-huh. Stratocaster. And then overall, like a squire, yes. And then I got myself a Mexican Stratocaster, which that's the one I don't have right now, but it's at my friend's house. Uh So that was like my first real guitar. And then ever since then, I got like my first like nice guitar. It was like an American, one made in America, American Fender Telecaster. It's like my favorite guitar that I own. Is that that aqua one over there? Yeah, it's it's called Seafoam Green or Surf Green. Right, right, okay. Yeah, and then I also have a weird red one from a, it's a Jazz Masters from this weird company in Brazil. It's pretty cool. Cool, yeah. And then this other one right here, this is my newest baby. It is. That's beautiful, that I saved up all my money for it, yeah. That is nice. Yeah, it's called Heritage. It's, they're, it's the company, it's the luthiers who are the people who make the guitars who left Gibson 50 Uh years ago and made their own company. Oh, wow. And so it's basically a Gibson, but like, Handmade and nicer and like really amazing wood and it sounds yeah really that's clear. like a Gibson neck and a Gibson oh nice well hey why don't you play something yeah sure all right I'm gonna pause it real quick so try to fix the audio okay uh... did that record uh this is recording okay no but. What were you talking about fixing the audio? Oh no, I was just gonna make sure I could I could put this mic up to the oh there you there go. If okay. I can play something if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it like that. Oh. <laughs> I got lots of wires everywhere. Oh, this is just still going. This is fine. Yeah, and I'll start this back up. I pause okay. it for a second. This microphone. Let's check this microphone real quick just to make sure we're all good. Yeah. Talking to that real quick. Check, check, check. There we go. I think it's super small diaphragm, so if we want to catch it, you got to be like right uh, up All right, I'll get right up in there. But it's a little weird, yeah. Okay. I don't know, this microphone might be just a little wonky, but it's fine because we'll have this recording going. Yeah. But yeah, I can play a little something. I'll play one of my originals real quick for you. Perfect. All right, so what are you going to play? Um, You know what? I think I'll do... One of my, let's see. I have a soul blues one that I've been working on that's in my band that I wrote called Rufus. So it's like kind of an old, like 
I imagine like an old blues guy, like like BB King or someone, like sitting in like a weird big chair and like talking like on his porch. Awesome. That's so. That's, that's why right. I called Rufus because cool. kind of like that. So yeah. Yeah, this was one of my newer ones. Um, it's whenever it's played with a band, it has like a you know it kind of goes and jams out and gets uh -huh. louder. But that's just the main idea right there. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it sounds like you were inspired by you know some of the old blues greats, yeah. BB King, and just imagining some, yeah. some big guys sitting like in muddy waters, kind of that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, Taj Mahal, I can see him, yeah. you know playing like that. Uh, and so how how do you go about writing your songs? Like you know, uh, it's all instrumental. So do you get that? melody in your head do you just get a, an idea for um, the type of song that you want to be playing so yeah I can show you real quick with my acoustic kind of my process real quick if you want the way I kind of do it is I mainly go by ear uh -huh. when it comes to making my songs um, so I kind of have like an idea going and then I'll play you know whatever chord I think of and then from then on I just kind of my ear will take me and I'll kind of with my composer brain just kind of imagine whatever the rest of the song was so like for example earlier today I was writing a song um, and so I had the idea of I want it to be kind of like slower because it's meant to be played with a singer because I'm working with the singer right now she goes to my school and so I want it to be kind of more um, like softer kind of just acoustic guitar and voice and so I started out like just think of a chord so I was like okay here's one chord and so then from then on I just kind of took my ear and then I ended up with So it's mainly just like kind of my ear. It's just, I, I just kind of think of them. How, and then how do you, you know, remember, oh, I just came up with this song. I'm going to be able to play it again. Or, you know, at what point does it go from just, you know, a couple licks that you're forming together to becoming a, a real song that with, that you're going to name and, yeah. and try to teach to your band and stuff like that? I mean, that's kind of why I'm trying to go to music school for composition, because I have some of these ideas where I'll start out with just a simple chord progression, but then 
my brain, I can think of, oh, here's the drum part, here's the vocals, here's everything layering together. Uh -huh. So then I'll, I'll make a little mock-up or a demo by, you know, playing a drum part, playing a bass part, playing a keys part, laying down vocals, and then I'll make like a, almost like a demo in my, um, on my computer. Uh -huh. And I'll send it to other musicians and vocalists and then kind of build it up if I want to actually make it a song. Wow. So, so I kind of always record whenever I have an idea. And I got you. And so, I mean, that's an advantage that you have of having this uh, awesome computer system and, and this little keyboard set up with the, uh, this um, program that, that we're now recording this show on. Yes. What, what, tell me about this program that you use. Logic yeah, program? so I use Logic on my, um, on my MacBook. Uh-huh. Um, I use it mainly just to, you know, there's a lot of like little diddly-doos and like recording things you can do on it with plugins and all these fancy recording techniques. I lately have just mainly just been using to, you know, just purely record straight guitar and I have all my own effects through my own pedal board. And vocalists will come over and sing their things through here. And I'll, if like, like my friend's a producer and he'll ask me for guitar parts, I'll write them, record them, and then I can just send them to him right from my computer. Uh -huh. So it's kind of a way like to streamline my process when it comes to yeah. building songs. And you live in the music capital of the world, Austin, Texas. So, so yeah. You've got exposure to, um, you know, all kinds of uh, musicians and, and through your school and all that. Uh, have you found that to be... Um, you know, like an inspiration that, you know, all these people in this community are, uh, you know, out there playing music and recording music and things like that? Yeah, I mean, so because of just how many musicians there are and how much music is going on, you know, I work down on 6th Street. So every night I get to see all the music and hear all the music that's going on downtown. And I, um, you know, as I said, like the people at my school, the music staff themselves are all musicians like, you know, professionals who play yes. in Austin and have their own experiences. And my dad being a DJ, I get his, I get to meet all his friends and their, you know, where they play and uh -huh. who they play with. And so my, my drummer actually, he plays with a lot of people around town. So I met him and he uh, brought me to all these like kind of Austin jam sessions at different houses all around town with like a bunch of musicians. And I was known as like the kid. Yeah, They'd be like, sure. oh, we need a guitarist. And be like, oh, we'll bring the kid. Yeah, like, so, like I, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So I just show up and I'd, you know, did shred what I can. Yeah. And then, yeah, I ended up meeting a lot of cool musicians. So I, one of them I've actually got to play with for my next show. He's a percussionist in town. Uh -huh. So it's like, a, you know, they have like big Facebook groups, just a ton of everybody, even if they don't play professionally, they all have their own jobs, but they, right. everybody, a lot right. of people play. Yeah. That's what it seems. It's, yeah. this, it's this community of just all these people that are really devoted to music. And then, and then there's a built in audience, like all these people yeah. that, that really love to go to see live music. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're kind of getting it in both ways. I mean, you're working in a place. Do they have live music at the place where you work as well? They don't, but, you know, there's bars and things all around weeks, us so that are right, yeah. you know, playing music, live music every night. That's, that's pretty cool. So um, uh, you, you guys played out as Wolfman's brother. Yes. Like at least twice that I've seen over the last mm -hmm. maybe month. Was, was that the first, uh, were those the first shows that you guys did as the band? Yeah, so the first one we did was for my mom's 50th birthday. Uh -huh. And it was on this cool rooftop bar on East 6th Street called In Cahoots. And it was like, you know, so it was her birthday party, so 40, 50 people. And so I said to my mom, I was like, you know, maybe I could play with, you know, some other musicians. And at the time, I didn't have a band. It was just yeah. me with my ideas. And so then I have one of my friend's friends who's now uh, on almost full ride scholarship to UCLA for jazz piano, who I played with, uh -huh. my drummer who I was talking about, and my friend Jack, and we played um, 
just a bunch of originals up on that rooftop bar. That was as Wolfman's brother. Yeah. But it wasn't like a show because it was like for right. a private party. Right, right. But that was that was a our good first, first time yeah. out and, and getting used to playing in front mm-hmm. of people and stuff like that. Because I, I guess you play at school and, yeah. and you're playing in the, the house band at, at school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to play like gigs and yeah. get gigs. Uh, so that was the first sort of outing where it was people that weren't like, you know, closely related to school. Yeah. Did you, but then you've also um, gotten gigs and played it at gigs as well. Yeah, we had our first like real gig at this place called Cherrywood Coffee House. Really chill, just laid back venue. It's an, uh, just a chill cafe and uh-huh. a lot of people go there. It's kind of a busy cafe and then they have an outside space that I contacted the manager about. And I have friends who are, I've played with before who have also played there. Yeah. So Jack, his punk band's played there before too. Oh, okay. And um, so yeah, we contacted them and it was, we uh, got that gig. We only actually practiced about once or twice before the actual gig. What was involved with getting the gig? I mean, did, was the guy like, ah, well, yeah, I guess I can let you play. Mm-hmm. Do they, do, you know, I mean, I've heard all kinds of horror stories, like yeah. places that'll be like, oh yeah, you got, you can play here, it's 200 bucks and then you can put out your own, um, you know container and people can give you tips and stuff yeah so this one was like it's super laid back uh-huh. kind of keep austin weird type of cafe yeah so they have gigs there but mainly when i if you look at their events tab on their website it's like all like the you know the geeks who drinks and like comedians and like oh, uh-huh. talk shows like it's like it's, it's not almost like, like a an music open mic it's like yeah it's like a it's chill like whoever kind of, wants to exactly kind of do any kind of performance yeah well, so it was cool free too, gig and then we just had our own tip jar uh-huh. Which did really well, actually. Which really, yeah, yeah, you know, cool. Happy to pay everybody out with that. <laughs> but yeah, it was really chill. All I did was email them, showed them some of my own music, uh-huh. um, told them about other places I played and where we've played, and then background, and they were like, yeah, sure. And so and I have another one scheduled for the 26th of November. The same uh, venue. Same venue, Cherry... yeah. It's a Friday night. Wait, tell me again the name of the place. It's called Cherrywood Coffee House. Cherrywood Coffee House, okay. And where is that? What, t- what area is that? It's, it's, I mean, the, the neighborhood is called Cherrywood. Oh, okay. It's kind of up uh, north near I-35, kind of past uh, 6th Street, kind of over. Oh, yeah, okay. Like on the east side? Kind of like northeast yeah i never really go there so i'm having i can't really describe it that well the area but yeah it's like it's you know called how to Sherwood. get there yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay that's good and uh are you looking to play other places as well yeah i mean at the moment you know it's hard because our drummer just left so it's right like, right yeah but me and my friend jack you know we are at the moment we have at least four songs that are just two acoustic guitars so we're trying to, yes. you know, we're trying to build a repertoire for maybe some more laid back kind uh-huh. of like Billy Strings, Grateful Dead type of shows. I have some singers who we're going to play with, a percussionist. So we're definitely trying to get more shows. And if not us as like Wolf Friends Brother, I will definitely try to get shows yeah. with other people or other bands or yeah, try yeah. to play out more. Yeah. Right. Now you feel a little bit more comfortable with the whole thing too. Exactly. Yeah. Do you um, practice here? Where, mm-hmm. where do you guys end up practicing? So I don't have a drum set. So whenever I always write my own songs here. Uh-huh. Whenever I'm just wherever I have a guitar or you know wherever I have my phone to write stuff down or write up music on sheet yeah. music, but we normally practice at um, one of my dad's friend's studio. He has a studio. He's a music producer. He has a drum set and you know lots of recording equipment there that we practice at. And then my Jack's my friend Jack's house has like a little garage apartment above his house. Oh, that's that great. has a drum yeah. set and amps and like where we play really loud because oh it's yeah not yeah. attached to his well, house. Well, that's great that, that you have yeah. those options. Do um. 
do you record every practice, every like time you guys mm-hmm. get together? You have you keep recordings of all that stuff. So as a band, as Wolfman's brother, like our trio, we don't have a single recording other than the video of our actual show. The uh, rest of them are all just my original songs. Some of them are recorded original songs. Some of them are just ideas that are recorded. Some of them aren't even recorded at all. Yeah, because it's kind of a new band. Sure, sure. So it's like I have all them stored in my brain as the ideas, yeah. but they're not like solidified recordings yet. But I'm working on that. Does Jack bring any um, songs to your group as well? I normally have all the ideas, but then whenever we come together, we always, you know, Figure give each together. other, you know, tips like, oh, one of my, you know, he's like, oh, we should put the bridge here, or we should add this drum part, or this should be this key instead of this key. So it's yeah. kind of a cohesive effort. Yeah, that's that's a good combination. Yeah, good complement to each other. Yeah, I guess you just have to find someone who's going to be a regular drummer. So you talk about this percussionist. Yeah, that's you're not. You're calling him a percussionist or her a percussionist because they're not just a drummer, but they're using yeah. other kinds of. Because it, uh, it's not, you know, it's not like a sol- you know a solid regular drum set. They have like yeah. some bongos and stuff. That'll just be. I I, I want to have a drummer if I can because you know we need someone to kind of hold it down and have more dynamic. Yeah. And the percussion sound is a little you know under the mix when it comes to that kind of thing. Right. Right. But um, yeah, that's just. We'll try to figure it out. I haven't yeah. even figured it out yet. That's are, the hard part. Are there? Uh, other kids at school that um, you know you would be comfortable having in your band as well. The problem is, uh, you know, with people my age in general, I've tried, I've found people, but it's either that they don't have, you know, the kind of skill that I really want, like someone who can, you know, kind of play like some jam band yeah. music, where like they can, without me telling them, they can hear the music start to rise up and fall, and like uh, they can physically do that, kind of like with the Grateful Dead drummers, you know, yeah. it's like a. They kind of feel the music more. Right. And then the people who I actually have found who can actually do that either don't want to play or they are too flaky. Like, I'll ask them to come practice and they just will be like, oh, I can't. Or, yeah. So it's yeah. like, I need someone who I want to be like, know. trusting. Well, at least you have Jack who's reliable. And yeah. It sounds like he's able to do a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. We, I mean, we, both of us each can play up to, you know, guitar, bass, and drums and sing. Uh-huh. And so it, Things are interchangeable when it comes to that, yeah. So for recording, you're in great shape because you can do a, a guitar track, you can do a vocal track, yeah. you can do a percussion track, and you know, drum and bass. Uh, it's just when you play out somewhere is when you need to have everyone there. Yeah, and if it comes to it, you know, you I can totally... You can have totally... a track while you guys are playing, too. That, that yes, that, we can do that, yeah. Like it's that. hard because what I really like doing, you know, my love for jam bands is having the live effort where it's like yes. you, you physically see that... You know, because I'd say at least at least six of our songs that night were, like, mostly improvised. Uh-huh. You know, they're not... You know, they have a chord progression core idea. Yeah. But then the rest of this is just improvised. Me doing what I want, the drummer does what he wants, takes solos, almost kind of like... When it comes, almost like a Miles Davis kind of jazz type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and that brings up another subject. I know uh, Charlie Parr. He's one of no, not Charlie. Parr. Charlie Parker. Uh, not even Charlie Parker. Um, Pat Martino. No, there was a, a a guitar player that you turned me on to from the last show that you did, and I'm trying to remember what the guy's name is. It's probably somebody that you were you know hearing a lot back yeah. then. And you don't even know what I'm talking about now, but... I know, I, rem- I have a memory of telling you, okay. but I don't remember which person. All right, well, we'll try to figure it out before the end of the, yeah. the interview, but uh, um, who are some of your inspirations? Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, a lot of guys, when they're learning how to play guitar, they're like, oh, great, I like a good Grateful Dead song. They, mm-hmm. they learn Friend of the Devil. But you're composing your own stuff, and it's got more of a, a jazz, and you're talking about you know, sort of a, a Brazilian... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, emphasis to mm-hmm. it. 
So who are who are some of your inspirations or some yeah. of the bands so that you are? Yeah, so I can give you, I can even do a little example of how they, you know, influenced me. Let's One of them, do it. This guy, uh, he's a composer named Antonio Carlos Jobim, oh. and he plays with like Getz and Gilberto, kind of like, you know, like the uh, Brazilian jazz greats. Uh-huh. So they did like The Girl from Ipanema with Frank oh, Sinatra, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that whole thing. Right. And so I have one of my own originals that I kind of, they influenced me, but it's my own original song, but they influenced me, and I'll, I'll show you that one real quick. Yeah, if you want. yeah. let's do it. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. hear the, that sort of, you know, Brazilian yeah. to it and mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, what do they call that in, I'm sure you've taken yeah. like, classes in school. How, what do they call that progression that, that, so this, that makes um, you associated with, you know, kind of this Brazilian background? There's like specific, less of the progression. In jazz, there's common progressions. Like, you know, a common jazz progression would be like a 2 five, one in like, you know, in music people, if you said, oh, play a 2-5-1, they'd be like, oh, I know what that is based on how it sounds. It's uh-huh. kind of a more jazzy for where it goes like. So like, yeah. they kind of have a more feel, but for um, the Brazilian jazz, it's more of the rhythm. So the way I would record, the way I recorded it is like, if it's the way you play it is like, you, if someone listening knew what Brazilian jazz would be like, oh, that's Brazilian jazz. It's it's the kind of, um, I don't know how to describe the rhythm, but it sounds like this. It okay. goes. Yeah, I was, would, I was I would recognize that. Charlie Hunter was that the one yes. I chose? So Charlie that's why. Hunter so that's trio. my whole style. Oh yeah. It's with the thumb playing the bass. A lot of my so you know a lot of my Wolfman's Brother originals all because it's only a trio. Or uh-huh. I have to hold down a lot the rhythmic set, uh, you know right, sound. Right, so right. it's like I have to use my thumb with the bass notes. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what that is. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. And that's all part of being in, in as a trio. Yes. And and so in a trio, so you've you've got a guitar. Uh, what are the other parts of the trio that make, you know, a full or a, a purposeful trio for, for your purposes? For me, most of my songs, because they're instrumental, are really trying to highlight the chord progressions and, like, the sounds and the kind of, like, harmonies that come out of it. So the bass lines, my friend has, you know, Jack has a really good ear. Yeah. So a lot of the times he'll have a bass line that would go, you know, he'd be playing one thing and I'd be playing the chords and they kind of blend together with the drum beat. So it kind of, like, almost, like, layers on top of each other rather than we're playing the same thing. And so we kind of talk about it before, but it's mainly, like I said, it's kind of just jamming, like in the moment. Like yeah. a lot of our songs, like a couple times that night, I would just be, I'll, I'll start playing something completely improvised and then he'll jump onto it and then a drummer will jump onto it. It's kind of just like, that's we don't beautiful. even talk about it. It yeah, just happens. That's great. Exactly. And, and you're able to take it. So how do you name some of these songs? I mean, when you have an instrumental, yeah. you know, with when there's lyrics, of course, you're able to name a song based yeah. on like the story it's telling, but... Um, with with um, you know pure uh, uh, you know instrumental yeah 
you're you're putting together a feeling and maybe you've got a story in your mind but so but how do you decide like oh this is what i'm trying to tell in this uh yeah in this uh instrumental song yeah so one of the songs that i wrote that's one of my more i wouldn't say well-known songs because like i don't really have my songs put out on like spotify as uh -huh. you know well, i want to have the them. russ house yeah but the, I've showed them, you know, presented them in classes at school and my oh, music okay. classes and to my friends and things. Bigger and than the Russ house. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's one that I, I wrote when we were in New Mexico in our house in Truth or Consequences uh -huh. when we were out in the desert. And so I'll, I'll play it for you real quick and then I'll describe how okay, I Okay, yeah, I maybe. It. And so this was inspired by like being out in the desert. Yeah, being out in, in the New desert Mexico. and kind of like almost just kind of like, I imagine almost like. Almost like a road trip type of song. Uh huh. So yeah, I'll play that one. Okay, that's great. And this song, it's called Saguaro, and named after the saguaro cactus. Yeah, yeah. In the desert, yeah. Are there a lot of saguaro cactuses down there? Yeah, a lot of saguaro, like a lot of spiky kind of. There's this one called Ocotillo. And oh it's like, yeah, it has yeah, like that these tall, massive spikes on it. Yeah, yeah right. So it's kind of like the desert, long branches. Yeah, so it has like this kind of desert vibe that's almost like the Western cowboy vibe, kind of like you know fighting. And like kind of just oh, yeah. old time Western vibe. Yeah. Right. I think of the song like that El Paso song from uh, the Dead cover. Yeah, right? yeah, Which definitely. Is like a traditional song. But yeah, almost, I kind of think of almost like a little Billy Strings too. Okay. Yeah. yeah I guess. So here it is, yeah. Oh yeah, you can kind of just feel like you're walking through the desert, like you know, maybe yeah. on a horse. But you just kind of have that mm -hmm. sort of rolling through, you know, this this hot season with yeah. uh, all these cacti around you and stuff like yeah. that. Uh huh. I mm -hmm. can hear it. Are we uh, okay with this um, this screen having lost its? Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, we're still recording. Yeah, I think <laughs> what we'll probably do is um, we'll probably end up just using the phone recording. Okay, and I can chop it up for you if you want and edit it. All good. No, no, we'll... Uh, because this has been a little wonky, and I don't even know if your mic is going through. <laughs> so we'll just use the phone probably in the end. I don't actually fine. see any, any coming out of my mic there. Yeah, it's a little wonky, I will say. Oh, there we go. I just turned back on. Crazy. All but right. yeah, I, we'll, we'll just end up using the phone, though. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. all good, though. One but yeah. Then. I hope that's going to work. Um, excellent. So um, uh, we were talking about you know some of your compositions and mm -hmm. stuff. When was the first song that you actually wrote? Um, I mean, this is the thing. When I first started playing guitar already, I kind of just taught it to myself using my ear. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like, you know, whenever I wrote little ideas and things, they were all just kind of like, I, I can't name like the first real song I wrote, but that's, I think that song I showed you on our last, last time I was on the show uh -huh. was the first song I wrote. That was I my first you. like written 
produced song. So when was that that you had written that one? Yeah, that was like freshman year. Oh, okay. So like so four 14. years, like yeah. a long time ago, like three years ago. Oh, wow. I gotcha. And then um, when did you first start playing guitar? Uh, Were you like I'd say seven, seven years ago. Yeah. Oh, so when okay. I was about nine or ten. I gotcha. And um, had you done anything musically before that? Had you been, you know, I don't know, did your parents send you like to class where you like would, you know, bang on xylophones or anything like that? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, because my dad's a DJ, we always just had music playing you in the guys house. Did. So we yeah, always had always drums had and we were just like, yeah, drumming so just, and yeah. You had little like you know dance parties and stuff. And yeah, drum sessions. Yeah, and so that was sort of your first introduction to music. And then when did you start reading music and being able to write mm-hmm. music? So like I said, I I'm honestly not as strong when it comes to reading music and mm-hmm. writing music, like more technical music things, like yeah. kind of that like something you do in music school is like a jazz guitarist, which I'm trying to go do. Uh-huh. But because that's the thing, my ear is what I've helped you know kind of write my songs. So my, I, I'd say reading and writing music was in sixth and seventh grade when I got into the, into the band with a uh, trombone oh, in middle gotcha. school. Yeah. That's when I was, I was really strong at reading music. They force you to, I mean, that's yeah. like part of that whole education. Like exactly. They, they, you know, you rent your trombone or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and then that's part of that. Like they're mm-hmm. showing you how to read the music and yeah. stuff like that. Did you play uh, piano when you were growing up or anything like that? Or trombone was really the first I mean, I had played guitar, and then I started up trombone, and then during middle school was when I started kind of playing more music. So I was playing more guitar, um, and then once I switched middle schools, I stopped playing trombone, but then I kind of started, my, my playing started skyrocketing when it comes to like, the amount I was playing and like uh-huh. what I was learning. I started to play with friends and stuff when I got to high school. And then from then on, that's when I started really writing songs and like actually enjoying music as like making it rather than just playing it. Right. Um, so did you, uh, you know, in terms of playing with other people and like jamming and playing Mm -hmm. with a band, uh, was that something that started when you got to high school or was that something that you were also doing, you know, junior high and when did you start really doing that kind of stuff? So what's interesting is the house band at my high school, it's traditionally been sophomores and up. So no freshmen, but when I got there as a freshman, the guitarist actually left the school. He Uh dropped out. Um, How large is this house band? I mean, is it? It's been like, pretty big for the last couple of years. It's is been that like fifteen people, or is it? It's like so. It's like traditionally been drums, bass, guitar, and then like six to seven all-girl singers. I gotcha. Okay. This year we have a little bit of a bigger band, but yeah, when I first got there, it was like six all senior girl singers. Um, no drummer, no bassist. So some of the staff were playing drums and bass. Mm. And so I got there, and I they asked me to come play for them as a freshman, which they nobody has ever played with right, husband as a right. freshman. So that's kind of cool. How I, yeah. Is this um, a school that um, uh, has a lot of musicians, mm-hmm. or a lot of people who like go to this school because of its musical program, or is this just how Austin is? It, it's a super creative school in general. Everybody's really cre- a lot of people are really creative musically. It's not like a specifically music school, but there's a the music program is really good. There's lots of music classes and music staff and equipment. And it's kind of, it's actually grown since I've got there. One of my college essays, I'm actually writing about how I've helped grow the school's music uh, department. Right. Like you are getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, so um, that all starts next year or are you a senior right now? I'm a senior. Yeah. So oh, I just, man. I'm, I'm so in the midst of. So you're doing your applications of, and stuff? 
Yeah. So the problem, the annoying part about going to music school is you have to apply to every school, and then once you apply to them, send in a another application, oh. and then once you do that, then you get accepted for an audition oh. and an interview. So there's yeah. like four steps. Oh yeah. So you I have to get really into the school be a first. Musician. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, if you if you like uh, look at some of the musicians that are in you know popular bands, how many of those guys have gone to music school? Not yeah. that many. It's like it's a different track. But then you, when you do see a top musician mm -hmm. who has gone to music school, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I see that. You know, that's a whole different level of musical creation uh, with people that have had a formal musical education. Yeah. But it's almost like you know, and and, and think about all the professional musicians that can't even read music. Or like, like, look at John Mayer, for example. Yeah. Went to music he, school to Berkeley Music School of Music. Yeah. Two years, dropped out. Played his own How stuff. About that? Yeah. yeah. So, and a lot of my favorite people that is didn't even go, or they dropped school. out, or right. they went through. It's like a, it's you know, it's a really diverse group because, like, for example, my guitar teacher is has been a world class composer before. Is a guitar teacher now and plays in his own band and makes his own music. He went to four different music schools and grad school, uh, but if he didn't, he didn't even have to. He probably could have gone. Right. So it's kind of a weird thing because for me specifically, I if I could choose, would want to just go and play bands and tour. And yeah. I, I wouldn't really want to go to college. Well, I want to go you play. Know. But you know. <laughs> got to go to college. Well, yeah. So, you know, you got to have that backup plan. So that's why I'm kind of taking it as like, I don't think I'm going to be playing, you know, jazz after college, but I'm going to use the music school experience to just improve my playing and my yeah. technique and meet people to play with. Right. And if it comes to it, maybe I play there, maybe like, for example, one of the schools I'm applying to, I'm, you know, going to UT Austin. Let's say I meet a drummer and a bassist, and we, we start playing together. I, if I had the opportunity to go play and tour, uh -huh. I would just, you know, my parents, I've talked to them about it. They'd be like, yeah, go ahead. Go, go sure. follow whatever you oh, want. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, going to UT, you could do things, continue to do things around here because you've already got your foot in the door. You know? Yes. Uh, and you've, you're starting to develop your own network of local musicians mm -hmm. and people your age and people a little older and stuff like that. So that would be a really good place to land. What are some of the other places you're looking at? Yeah, the other, one of the other ones that is in Texas is University of North Texas. And it's- Is that the, in Dallas? It is in, yes, Dallas. Uh, it, it's, where is it? Denton. Denton, Sorry, Denton okay. Which yeah, is like, like it's basically a little mini Austin. It's oh, like a hipster right? Dallas, like cool. a tiny little hipster Dallas. It's pretty, you know, not tiny, but there's a good amount of people there, but it's uh, Snarky Puppy came out of Denton, oh, came out of UNT. Uh -huh. A lot of people have come out of there. Um, it's a really well-known, it's one of the, it's the top music school in Texas and top 10 in the nation. Yeah, oh, And great. it's a super good jazz guitar program that I'm looking into there. And it's like everybody gigs there. It's like a gigging town. So it's like, it's almost like you took all the venues in Austin and put them in their main square. That's basically uh -huh. what their main square is. So it's really cool. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. it's all centrally located. And yeah. Because the campus Sixth is Street like... Street is a little bit like that, but that is a lot of it's like... It's dudes covering, yeah. you know, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, you can go walk three, four... Uh, go into three or four places and there will be a guy in there playing some Stevie Ray Vaughan song. Yeah. Because that's like what people coming to Austin, Texas are kind of looking for. Because that's kind of the inside really joke go. with us who yeah. work on, with the people who work on 6th Street, because I work right on Dirty 6th Street where yeah. all the music happens. We joke about how it's like the people who are actually on 6th Street, it's the more boring kind of mainstream tourists yeah. Yeah. and like, you know, people playing whatever, that's just right. the blues or, on acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then you go to East 6th Street and then you get all the cool bands and cool venues uh -huh. and like more Austin people. Did you call it Dirty 6th Street? That's what people call it. Like, where are you going to go tonight? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to Dirty. So that's like... Uh, um, 35 to Congress on 6th Street. Yep. And then you have the North 
or the East Sixth Street. East Sixth Street, which is on the other side of Thirty Five. And that's where I played one of my first shows, which was the oh, cool area. Oh, okay, exactly. It is really cool over there. That's, that's where. So all the people who work at the restaurants that our owner owns on Sixth Street, uh -huh. we all. If they ever, if we ever go out after work, it's never on actual Sixth Street. Yeah, it's always right. where the cooler part is. So it's they right. always go to East Sixth Street. Yeah. And then isn't there like a whole area on West Sixth Street, like that's a little bit more like the collegey? Um, that's like West area. Campus, and there's like less music over there, but there's still it's more uh, Austin-y yeah. over there. Sixth Street itself is where it's kind of like kind of more gross and like touristy. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's been around forever. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. That Dirty Sixth Street is like you know what. Probably a lot of people thought of as the Austin scene. Yeah, they modeled it after Bourbon Street. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, some of those buildings have been there forever. Or at least look like it because it is dirty. Yeah, the place that I work at is, we're about to do a whole remodel, but it's been there. We've had that restaurant for 13 years. But before that, it was like weird. It was like an orphanage, a brothel. Oh, my God. It was yeah. like a mental hospital. It looks Crazy. like it's straight out of like a movie. It's really weird in there. It's like you can yeah. see pipes in the walls I'm and everything. sure there's all kinds of yeah. ghosts going on over there. That Driscoll Hotel oh, right yeah. there that's, yeah. that's uh, filled with ghosts apparently. And yeah. Yeah, that whole – well, like the venues that I know kind of over in there, like the Mohawk and Stubbs. Yeah. Like those venues, like those walls got to be like 15 feet thick. And, and it's, it's so just, Austin. Yeah. It's just like – been there forever and it has like some just like soul to it and oh, like yeah. smells weird and it's just like <laughs> things are breaking down and then there's all this new stuff coming in but it's like they actually just built a new one right off of Sixth Street a new auditorium that's like 3,000 people I think oh yeah really uh, who what's that one called or I don't remember what it's called my dad was just there they just they saw um, I think they saw Black Pumas there or something oh but um, I don't know it's a really the, new things are coming in there's yeah. just not a lot of space for it but yeah. Right. I mean, you know, certainly not in the center of town, but, you know, things are spreading out. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people coming to Austin. This is a And we just had the F1 Austin. happen here. So we were. What's the F1? Oh, the F1 Formula One race at oh, Circuit oh, of the oh. Americas. They had an F1 race here? Yeah, this it was. was a, a we. That's crazy. Yeah, everybody made a lot a of money. Is there a race track? Yeah, Circuit oh. of the Americas, it's called. Oh, it's the only. Okay. It's like, that's why there's not many in the U.S. at all. So we have one right on off of 360. Oh, oh man. I yeah. didn't even know about that. That's is it a newer place? It's uh ten six ten years old. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but it's new. it was cool. Yeah. We in my restaurant actually we had like um the Mercedes Lewis Hamilton team come in and, eat, uh -huh. yeah. and the Ferrari team <laughs> and like so it's cool. <laughs> but I, of course they thought oh let's go somewhere like cool yeah. and awesome. Let's go to Sixth Street. Well, yeah. we the place I work at is like a nice restaurant oh, on Sixth okay. Street, but it's it's super soulful and like Sixth Street, but it's like more nicer. So yeah. it was funny. I was just like oh here's the Ferrari million dollar driver sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You must have a lot of that kind of stuff happening just yeah. in town because this is such a destination yeah. for all kinds of, you know, fun musical things. Although there really isn't, um, you know, there's not like really that many arenas around here where they yeah. play music, you know, like yeah. the dead don't come here. I don't think fish has come here. Yeah. Nobody comes. Well, the thing is that, you know, there's like the UT basketball stadium is the only, and you know they just built they just Austin FC this the MLS team is new oh, that's and right. they have that stadium but shows don't really happen there uh -huh. so that's it's maybe more it's like not yet. you know maybe you know we get like small ACL live is like the only, the biggest right. place we have well how how many people can I don't know if ACL? it's biggest actually but it's that's where I've known like bigger shows have come in I've seen Umphreys and widespread oh, there okay. 
So yeah. And that's ACL, Austin City Limits. And so there's the Austin City Limits Festival that everyone knows about in October. That one is, the music is horrible. It is so mainstream. Has it been for the last couple years? This year, it's super mainstream. And it's like, there's some, the Black Pumas play, there were some good bands and some local bands, but it's mainly like, you know, big pop stars and rappers that like, you know, kids want to see and make money. That's where they make their money. But it's a draw. It's a, they probably... I don't know the structure of Austin City Limits, but it sounds like they've got, you know... It's the same as Lollapalooza. It's, it's the same company as Lollapalooza. Oh, that's right. Like so C3? It's C3, yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's One like, of the dudes okay. actually lives... His daughter, I know. It's oh, yeah? yeah? I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, you know, everyone's got to grow up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you, uh, you know, run into um, famous musicians when you're around yeah. town? And, yeah. I mean, it's not like... It's not like kind of like Hollywood where like you can go eat at a sure. restaurant and you'll see a famous person. But, you know, there's people coming through just because of how much of a music town it is. You know, yeah, like yeah. I just saw String Cheese Incident last night at Stubbs and we were really close to them. And I, you know, talked to one of their sound guys. You know, it's like super, it's laid yeah, back. It's more. For sure. That's the thing about Austin. It's like the music is a little more like, that's the thing. ACL is not really Austin. It doesn't yeah. feel as Austin as it could be. Right. It's it's that huge, huge, f- ACL being that huge, huge field. Yeah. And, uh you know, multiple stages and, you know, you're just yeah. going with the swarm from one to the other. Exactly. Last time, you mentioned that, you know, you thought it was like a lot of pops kind of stuff. When I was there, though, I got, I was there probably, I want to say 2010. Yeah. And Bob Dylan was there. So that was yeah. mainstream. But then, you know, I got introduced to like a lot of smaller bands. Uh, and, you know, I I have trouble differentiating which ones I yeah, actually yeah. saw that year. But I remember being like, oh, that's a great band. I've never even heard of them. Yeah, and there's so a lot. That, they have a lot of good small ones, which is good because it's not so like... they've got the big stages and then they've got the smaller stages. Exactly. Like one, a local band that, you know, me and my dad actually know the people in that he's DJed with before playing. Yeah. It's called Superphonicos. It's like a little Latin band. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen him. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really diverse. That's the good part about it. But the headliners are always, you know, the money-making pop stars. Sure. Well, you know, that's that's how they draw people in from all over the country. Yeah. And then also, you know, they're introducing them to these smaller bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, a exactly. lot of festivals work that way. They've got these big draws. Yeah. And uh, but then they'll also and then there's usually like the full vibe of the whole um, of the whole festival. Exactly. So. But you were a little disappointed last time you went. <laughs> yeah, I went like only a couple. I think only like a month ago or like three weeks. That's ago. right. It was, but yeah, uh, it was you know it was October. fun. But the musically, it wasn't you know it didn't blow me away compared right. to the shows that you can see like in Austin rather than yeah, the actual festival. Yeah. And I was kind of you know that brings up a point. I was talking to my dad and, uh, while we were at the String Cheese show last night about like you know I was talking about how I really want to you know play shows, but I was thinking about like you know there's bands like Fish, but where are, you know are there going to be like jam bands you know headlining a festival like that no well that well, like, festival like what though i mean like well are... like that kind of mainstream festival versus like oh you know i might go that's like i might go to 420 fest this, uh, next year uh-huh. so that's where you see all those kind of jam bands. sure but i was Summer just thinking about music like music festival in illinois yeah. they, they've got it's like you know headlined by uh umphreys mcgee yeah and Mo. yeah um you know those are, government mule i think is government mule. yeah oh they, they're gonna play there too yeah but, yeah but I know I was just talking to my friend Jack about like we were talking about like you know just jam band music in general. And we were thinking like you know all my friends from school and friends that I have came to see our show, but they didn't really understand like how jam band oh, music worked because uh-huh. it's like you know it's a little more like you know I was talking to my dad. They were like, oh yeah, we went to the Grateful Dead show in you know at the Hollywood Bowl, and yeah. everybody you see around you are all like you know forty to fifty year old that's white. Right. Jam band that's lovers. That's right. That's that's who yeah. likes jam bands. That's yeah, for sure. But then there's those like new ones, like 
uh, Goose and like Spafford. Right, and Goose I have been turned down to more recently. Yeah. They're, yeah, Spafford and Aquas, all the new ones. Those have been around for. So a while. I hope if I get to ever, you know, which I hope to play at that level, keep the jamming yeah. <laughs> alive. Yeah, why not? You yeah, know? Uh, and so you your thought is that jam bands is more of an older crowd that it's not really Definitely. like a <laughs> I think well you know it's like Grateful Dead and like yeah. Fish you know that you get newer people but yeah. in Fish has in a little younger crowd than, than yeah. Dead yeah. yeah but I think of like you know like think of like Alm Brothers and like Grateful Dead and like even String Cheese there was actually a younger crowd yeah so I'm, it's you know I was just thinking you know think of Grateful Dead I, I had I know, know maybe two people at my in my whole school who actually liked Grateful Dead <laughs> oh so, that's yeah. funny alright um, do you uh, want to play another song? Yeah, sure. I, you know, speaking of how you asked me how I name my songs, there's one that I can actually we'll play the full version to, but I'll show you just how I thought of it and okay. what I, how I thought the name. I love so it. this was another one where I was um, kind of just you know playing by ear, and I came up with this cool thing. I called it Nomad Jam, which eventually I think I'll just call it Nomad. But I it made me kind of think kind of. That back to that road trip vibe of like, I I guess that's why I kind of want my songs to kind of take you on a little bit of like a journey, kind of like Grateful Dead songs where it's kind of like a story they tell. Yeah. So if I were to put lyrics on it, I feel like it'd be a really good song to have lyrics on. But I kind of just thought of like a nomad because it kind of goes different places and it kind of goes in and out of jams. It kind of sounds really fishy at one point when we play the full version. You'll hear that part. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I'll show okay, you that one cool. real quick. this and a little yeah. bit of that that's and great. when we play the full version it, it gets really psychedelic jammy and really loud and soft and it, it has like way more dynamic than i can just do with myself and sure my guitar. no so I, i'll go really. that one I'm, I'm actually really excited about this one i've been i worked on it for last week and it has a i think if we were to put lyrics on it, it would be like a it sound to me it feels like one of my more kind of higher level jammer songs because yeah. it kind of sounds like you know like a umphreeze mcgee or something like the jamming uh-huh that sounds great so um why don't we uh, um, think about trying to incorporate some of that into the thing, and we'll um, we can play um, try to play it at the end of uh, like the you know what we're the, the the interview part of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to make sure I get some of that from you. Yeah, I'll send them to you, and if we want, we can chop it up or whatever. I'll, I'll I've, if we need to chop up the MP3 at all. Hopefully, this audio went through. I think it will. Be fine. I know. I guess we'll find out. You know. And if not, I have recordings of many songs that can fill that space. You know. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Awesome. All right, well, hey man, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. And uh, thank you for your spontaneity because I think I just reached out like yesterday or the day before. Well, it works out perfectly. And I'm talking to Zev Russ, who happens to be my nephew. And you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman. And you're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. 
But I'm working remotely. Today, we're uh, in Austin, Texas, listening to Zev Russ, an uh, up-and-coming guitar player, putting together his own band, figuring it out. Keep, keep an ear open for him. He's going to be great. Thanks, everybody.